This is the Behind the Micah podcast, where we discuss Jesus, community, and everyday life. I'm your host, Micah Stephen, and our goal is always to take people from where they are to where they need to be. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoy the show. Hey guys, what's up? Uh, it's Micah. This is episode four of Behind the Micah, and I have a, an awesome guest with me today. Great friend. Um, I probably refer to this guy as one of my best friends, and not only that, but he also, I refer to him and his wife as my preacher and the first lady, um, because uh, probably a big part of who I am today and who I uh, and, and what I do is a big chunk of that is in part because of this guy. Um, DJ Maxi is with us today from uh, Greenville, North Carolina at Eastern Pines Church of Christ. And he is the lead minister there. Uh, DJ, what's up? Good to have you, man. What's up, Micah? Good to be here, man. Appreciate the kind words. We thank a lot of you too, bro. Yeah, so uh, DJ, uh, I met DJ probably... I don't know. Gosh, I would have been probably 18, yeah. 19, maybe something like that. That would have been, yeah. So that would have been, gosh, uh, 16, 17, probably 17 years ago, man. And uh, I think it was DJ was uh, doing a revival at my home church. We had heard DJ preach before at other things like, you know, Hillsborough Family Camp and uh, stuff like that. I think even maybe at the prayer clinic and um, it was just incredible. We loved it. We were like, man, that's what we got to get. And so we had DJ come and uh, man, people just loved it. People in, in Indiana loved this guy, this, this, this monkey that was hopping around on the stage and uh, this, this guy from the South and they fell in love with him. And so we got, uh, we got connected and man, ever since then, we've just been connecting and, and networking and, um, just doing a lot of ministry together. Um, I've been down to where he's at a lot. He's been up here a lot. Um, DJ, tell me, uh, a little bit, uh, can you comment on any of that? Yeah. Um, I think they get me out there in Indiana because they like the way I talk. They say I talk different, funny. Could be. That could be it. Um, but yeah, uh, that's how we met, man, back, uh, years ago. I think I I stayed with your parents, if I'm not mistaken, didn't I? Yeah, I think you probably did. I might have stayed in your bedroom. Uh, I don't know. Did they wash the sheets? I don't know, <laughs> I, I don't know man. I started thinking about that. I don't I have know. Nothing to worry about. All right. I'm just making sure. But anyway, I was, um, yeah, because I, I was actually preaching at the Hall Branch Church in Chacoinity when, um, when I came out there um, to Indiana to hang out with the Stephen family, your grandfather. I'll never forget, man. Your your granddad was. Uh, I came back. I still tell people this. He's a he was like the hardest working preacher ever to walk the face of the earth. <laughs> nonstop from the time right after breakfast, he was nonstop until lunch. He took about a thirty minute lunch break, maybe an hour sometimes, and then it was after lunch. It was nonstop until supper. And uh, then we eat supper, and then he said, "You might want to rest for ten minutes because you're preaching." <laughs> and uh, then we went up there and preached. And um, he said, "Those big cars." He would scare me. Out there. <laughs> yeah, man, a Cadillac. He, he had a Cadillac. Um, yeah, there was a few times myself where I I, I clenched a little bit when I'm in that back seat. Um, that was actually a punishment I had when I was a kid. You know that when I got in trouble, my parents would send me with him on communion runs on Sunday afternoon. Your punishment was serving communion. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I, I wasn't serving communion. I was just, I had to go with him when yeah. he would serve it. So, uh, I don't know if I can tell this or not, but this one guy, um, this one guy at camp, he was retired Navy guy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this is back in the day, I guess when you could do this type of punishment, he used to, um, we act up at camp. Um, he would get real mad. He was real disciplinarian, but I was kind of mischievous. I don't know if you believe that or not. <laughs> and I would kind of keep on and keep on. And so he had me uh, out at a camp, Rudolph in Yale, Virginia. He'd had me out there um, hugging a tree in my underwear, and he would be, he would read the Book of Ecclesiastes to me. 
<laughs> that was my punishment is that he loved Ecclesiastes too while I hugged a tree. You're lying. I'm not lying, man. I was <laughs> and the only reason I was in like my underwear, I might have been in my pajamas. I don't know what I was doing. But I was uh, It'll be the same thing. Right. Well, he pulled me out of bed. He would just say, All right, come on out here and hug that tree. And then he'd read Ecclesiastes to me. <laughs> grew up thinking that a punishment was um, somebody reading a Bible to me. What's up with that? <laughs> you you grew up, your Did punishment you... was serving the Lord's Supper. Mine was um, getting Ecclesiastes read to me. <laughs> it was terrible, man. Sun, Sundays were bad. They were those days when I was bad. It, it taught me a lesson, taught me to obey my parents because. Yeah. Because I didn't, uh, I did not want to go on them long runs, especially in the back of that Cadillac. You know what I mean? Yeah. And your dad visited everybody. Or your granddad. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, yeah, he did. He was, uh, he was a guy that got around. It was a lot different than um, today. He was door to door, as you know. He was mm -hmm. knocking door to almost, uh, I don't want to call him, a, I don't want to call him Mormon, but kind of, kind of Mormonish a little bit. Yeah. And that's the way they used to do it back in the day, man. He was, he was top notch at it. Cause we went everywhere, man. We go to people's houses who he's like, we're going to go invite these people to the revival. And he knock on the door. They'd open the door. He walk in, man. <laughs> he was bold. They, there was no saying there was no, there was no, you're, you weren't going to get past him inviting you, inviting you to church or telling you about Jesus. You know, early in my ministry, I think I, I really, <laughs> I kind of laughed at that because I was like, man, that is, that is so bad. Um, but now, um, I kind of look back and it's one of those things where, you know, you kind of appreciate stuff like that. Like, man, can you imagine if we did that more today? Like if we were the, this guy that goes over to someone's house, that's probably, probably not a safe thing to do per se, but, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think everybody that's ever done a revival at Versailles, um, they kind of all said the same thing, man, that, that he was a workhorse, man, like. I didn't get I didn't get much rest that week at Versailles because, um, you know, he had me out doing calling and all that. But I tried to pull you guys away a few times, right? We we go play yeah, golf. Yeah, me out there play golf. <clears throat> um, I did play one time with Rob Cole and he beat me when he was having a heart attack, which is crazy. That is crazy. I don't know how you lose to a guy having a heart attack, but I did. I'd have just been like, "Come on, how, can you can you do this when we're done?" <laughs> like close to the hospital, something, man. I need, I need to eat. I'm hungry. Well, you got, I get hungry on the golf course. We were sitting in the, we were at the first hole and he kept, I was like, we would rotate golf carts and, and what's that? Y'all get a refund. I mean, a heart attack has to at least get a rain check. No, well, he didn't know. Like he, he kept, he kept like grabbing his arm and he'd be like, oh man, he kept going, oh, and it was on the first hole and uh, he lived like right down the road from there. He's like, man, I, I need some medicine. I'm like, well. I mean, I'll wait if you want to go back to the car. I'll wait, and you can go get your medicine. You only live right down the road, so that's what he did. And he went and got his medicine, came back, beat me in nine holes of golf. Uh, and then later that night, he was in the hospital, and they said he was having a heart attack. He had a heart attack that day. Man. So, Any how bad? Talk about shaming yourself, right? I mean, <laughs> that's yeah. terrible. I mean, you yeah. got to be bad if – I'm not much of a – I love to play golf, but I'm just not very good. Ask Dave. Ask Dave McCants. I, I did. Dave, me. yeah, Dave took me the first time I was preaching down there, and he, uh, I think I don't even remember what hole it was, but it was a it was a straight fairway, man, and I sliced one, <clears throat> and about busted somebody's house, like their glass, because there's house. Who puts a house on a golf course? Like that's silly to me. A lot of people. It's crazy. That's just asking for a. Yeah, but anyways, so <laughs> so Dave, I, I did that, and I hit the top of their house instead of their glass doors. And uh, Dave said, he looks at me and he goes, let's just not keep score. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so, uh, all right, man. So, so tell me a little bit about growing up. Tell me a little bit about uh, what it was like growing up in the Maxi household, what it was like, uh, how you got into, just kind of tell me how you got into college and, and, and all that jazz. What, what was it like growing up? Like growing up. I grew up in Hampton, Virginia. Is where I grew up, uh, about probably about two and a half, three hours from uh, uh, north, I guess, uh, where I am now. Um, it was cool, man. I grew up a Navy brat. My dad was in the Navy for 31 years. Hampton is all I know uh, as far as my childhood. Um, my dad was gone a lot um, until he retired. I was 16 years old when he retired, but uh, spent a lot of time with my mom. My mom was a strong and still is a strong Christian woman. 
and uh, came from a good family. And so I spent a lot of time with my mom. My dad would be on six to eight month deployments. I got an older brother and sister, but they were kind of doing their own thing. It seemed like uh, for me as a little boy. And, uh, but my dad, when he was there, he was uh, engaged, involved in his church, real dedicated uh, to the Lord. Um, and uh, was actually an elder at the uh, Northampton Church of Christ. Shout out to Northampton. And, um, but I was just, uh, I had a good childhood, man. Good parents. I have nothing to complain about there. Um, fortunate uh, to have the family that I had. And uh, <clears throat> the church that I was raised in had good youth ministers um, that I really connected with and influenced me, man. And uh, from a young age, I wanted to preach. And uh, there was a stint, I've shared this before, there was a stint in my life, like uh when I was in between my junior and senior year where I thought about being a politician, that would have been something. That. That's interesting. Yeah. You still wish you would have done, you still wish, you know, even today with all that stuff that, that would, you think that would be a good, a good thing. thing. I think, you know, I think back and say, I, I could have done, I, you know, I'm kind of, um, I, I don't like to think of myself as arrogant. I like to think of myself as, you know, pretty confident. Is there a difference? There is. Yes. All right. Good. But, I'm, I'm doing the difference. That's the good part. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I feel like, when, I feel like, I feel like I got to stop you here for just a minute. Cause you're, you're in high school. You're talking about junior and senior year right. high school. Um, same, same high school as Allen Iverson. Right. Okay. Sorry. Just had he to throw was, that out. Uh, yeah. Allen Iverson was younger than I was. But uh, he could cross you over in basketball. Yes. Of course. Probably when he was five years old. <laughs> Okay, yeah. sorry, go ahead. Lefty Drizel. See, I can't say my S's very well. For those that are listening, I've got this uh, partial tooth in my mouth. Something happened. I don't know what happened. I got some <laughs> infection in there. Happened when I, part of my childhood I didn't like was I was catching one time without a mask and busting my tooth out. They put something in there, and it was in there for 39 years. Then it got infection, and I had it pulled out last week. When they pulled it out of my mouth, it stunk real bad. <laughs> so I apologize if I ever did a revival for you and shook your hand. <laughs> My breast stone. I wish I wish everybody could see it right now. I mean, it's, it's incredible. It's an it's it incredible. It is unbelievable. It's awesome. But I can take it out, and then I have no tooth, and it kind of whistles that way. This right here, I just kind of I kind of talk like this. Kind of talk like uh, y'all know Chuck Dowdy. Yeah. I can talk like Chuck Dowdy about right here. He said he told me when he said DJ, we're in the third generation of the restoration movement. <laughs> yeah, I'm handing a baton to you, young guys. You got to run with it. You got to be bold. You got to be strong. But anyway, back to high school. Okay. So, so, so you thought about being a politician. I thought about being a politician. I was going to, for a short stint, I was going to go to Old Dominion University. I was going to study political science and I was going to be, my goal was to be the mayor of Hampton, Virginia. And after I was the mayor of Hampton, Virginia, I was going to run for the house of delegates in the state, the former great state of Virginia. I was going to be in the house of delegates. And then I was going to be a United States senator. That's what I wanted to be, one of the two United States senators. You're serious. State of Virginia. I was serious. Okay. I, about that. I was going to pursue that. I was really involved in politics in high school and uh, worked on a couple gubernatorial campaigns. Debate teams, stuff like that? I was never on the debate team, but I would debate anybody on our debate team if they wanted something. I see that. I can see that. Yeah, for just sure. for fun of it. I like to debate. I like to, uh, I like to disagree with you. Um, but anyway, the, uh, so, but from a very young age, I wanted to preach and I had that short stint there. And then I rededicated my life to the Lord at a week of camp. I was not, um, hugging a tree and Ecclesiastes being, uh, read to me at that particular time. Um, but I rededicated my life to the Lord and I was like, just what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to be a preacher of the gospel. And uh, so I attended uh, Roanoke Bible College in Elizabeth City, North Carolina. That's pretty much where everybody in our area kind of went. That yeah, night, there there's, a lot of, there's a lot of guys that went there. Um, gosh, there's a lot of really good dudes that, that were there, especially during your time. Um, yeah. Man, you can start – I can start rolling off names, but – um, some of them are up here now. Some of them are still down there with you, but nonetheless, man, some really good guys came out of that school for sure. Yeah, we, uh, it pretty much most people at that particular time 
we had a few from other state other states but most of them were from uh north carolina and virginia at, at that time and we kind of it used to be i don't know how it is now i don't tend there haven't been there but it used to be kind of all the people you saw at camp you went to conventions with with conferences youth rallies all that kind of stuff and you kind of run into everybody and see them it's uh good 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 school good fit for me um but when i went there uh, i had a different plan than being a politician my plan was Mikey, you're like this uh, my plan was to go get my undergraduate and then i was going to go straight from there uh to cincinnati nice uh, yeah that was my that was my original plan i was not going to get married or anything like this i was not going to get a girlfriend i was just going to focus on school i was going to go get my mdiv at cincinnati and then preach and all that good kind of stuff get that out of the way it was my philosophy uh but I saw um, this girl that I didn't know Christians look like that. And she was really good looking. And so I was like, man, I'm, I'm putting this one plan on the back burner. I mean, she wants to go with it. We can, if she's got other plans, then we'll, uh, we'll work with that. I can be flexible. I'm like Mary Lou Retina. Some of your uh, listeners may not know that because they might be younger, but Mary Lou Retina. So, <laughs> Googling Olympic it, right? Some of them are Googling yeah. it right now. She's Olympic gymnast. Um, I'm like her, short and flexible. So I was flexible. <laughs> Ended up, uh, ended up getting married my sophomore year of college and um, stayed one more year at uh, Roanoke Bible College. So I went three years to Roanoke Bible College. Then I transferred up. I had a chance for a summer internship um, under my former youth minister at the Glen Lynn Church of Christ in Glen Lynn, Virginia, not far from Bluefield. Went up there. That church asked me if I'd be interested in staying. And my wife had graduated from nursing school, so we could kind of start, um, you know, our life together. And uh, she could work full-time as a nurse. <clears throat> and so that's what happened, man. She entered into Bluefield State to get her BSN, and I transferred to Bluefield College of Evangelism and ended up graduating from there in 1995. Cool thing is I did when I got back to this area – I only had to take a few credit hours. I had to take one class to get an associate degree. So I took a class. I do have associate degree from uh, Rono Bible College, now Mid-Atlantic Christian University. And then I took uh, two more classes, I think it was, and I've got a bachelor's from Mid-Atlantic as well. So that's kind of cool. So nice. because that school means a lot to me. It's where I met my wife, got a lot of good friends there and everything. And I kind of wanted something. Uh, I invest a lot of time there. kind of wanted that personal goal. Yeah, so I got that, and I got my blue field, and then that's that's basically it, man. And I've been in ministry ever since. I got two kids; they're old now. And and you're also a grandpa now. I am a grandpa. I got two grandchildren. That's awesome. Isn't it? What what do you go by? What's your? Uh, you just go by grandpa or? I go um, papa or I'm papa. papa. I want to be uh, Big D, but Diddy wouldn't let me be that. Big D. Big D. I was going to be Big D or uh, uh, what was the other one? Can't remember what the uh, I can't remember what the other one was. Like Papa D or something like this. So Papa they just, D. Yeah, they just went with Papa. So Sounds was, like a pizza place. It does. Uh, Papa D's. Yeah, I can uh, make a mean low carb pizza. Oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> so, so all right. So how? So all right. So then, right after uh, you did, you did some ministry in uh, West Virginia, right? And then you leave West Virginia, you come down North Carolina. Is that is that about the time uh, you were getting ready to go to Chocowinity and head to Hall Branch and and do all that? Um, yeah, that I, um, I graduated in '95. I was still the youth. I was the youth minister at Glenland. Stayed there for about a year or so. I was the director of recruitment at Bluefield College of Evangelism for about two years. Carrie Allen was the president. And then, then I went to the Midway Church, Midway, uh, Midway Christian Church now in Bluefield, West Virginia. And I was the um, associate minister there for a few years. And then I had an inkling to, uh, I was, felt like I was ready to preach, kind of be the lead guy, so to speak. And, um, out of nowhere, the church at uh, 
Chacawinnie, the Hall Branch Church, called me up. And rest is history. I moved down here in January of 2001 to Eastern North Carolina. So, so you you come to you come to East North Carolina a uh, little bit different than East Virginia, but not much. Uh, maybe a little bit. I mean, as far as as far as culture goes, uh, the culture no, not a whole lot of difference from what I grew up. Now it's different now. I believe I haven't you know I haven't really been in my home area since I was eighteen, so I can't really speak of what it's like now. But when I was a child, my home congregation, you know, my life pretty much revolved around home church and then school i played baseball sports you know growing up that was pretty much what i did yeah and church was first and foremost in my family and i'm not lying at at that time me growing up at least 75 percent of my congregation was from eastern north carolina you know southeastern virginia and far from the eastern north carolina line like i said i'm not too far uh from rono bible college is, is in elizabeth city I was, what, 60 miles from Elizabeth City. Um, so <clears throat> that culture was there. They used to, we used to joke and say they taught them read, reading, writing, and the road to Newport News, where the shipyard was when they were in school, because people would go that way to get jobs. Um, biggest difference was the population. You know, we did have a lot of military people, from, but 75% of my congregation, man, were shipyard called them yard dogs and uh, they had come up from uh, Eastern North Carolina. So I grew up with the Eastern North Carolina barbecue. We had, when you, we made barbecue, you, man, you made a vinegar based. Uh, we did the fish fries. We did all the different stuff. And so when I came, um, the biggest culture, cultural difference from growing up uh, was population and having restaurants and seven elevens on every corner. <laughs> so, you, you, you're talking about going to um, Hall Branch and Chocowinity. Um, I think you, you were talking about the culture there. I think for the, uh, the first time that I came um, and I preached at Hall Branch the first time, um, I don't think you were at Hall Branch the first time that I came. I think it was Jason was preaching there at the time. Um, but I think that's right. Is that right? Yes. I think it was. And uh Jason took me to this place and I think Crystal was with me at the time uh, as well. And uh, Jason says, I'm going to take you guys out for lunch. And we went to this place in Eastern North Carolina that looked like a hole in the wall. I mean, I, I like we pull in and I'm thinking, what in the world is this guy taking us to um, a place called boss hogs? Yeah. Um, is that still there? As far as you and I know it is. Okay. Yeah, and I think uh, it was in the old captain uh, it used to be in one um, yeah, it used to be in this one place, like you say, a hole in the wall. Yeah, and it, bought, uh, one of the greatest restaurants of all time. I can't believe shut down Captain D's. Uh, they really, uh, yeah, Captain D's shut down, so they bought the old Captain D's and um, and they renovated it. And as far as I know, they're still there. I don't get over there much. I don't do a whole lot now, Micah. I don't get out a lot. I sit in the recliner a whole lot. I got gotcha. you. Well, well, it's because you're a papa now, exactly. Right, so. Um, but anyways, yeah, I, it was, uh, I remember going in there, it looked like almost like an old mess hall, um, or something like at a church camp, like a block building or something, you know, you go in and, uh, there's this line and, and there's all this stuff and you just tell them what you want. They slap it on your plate. But I remember there's a sign that said, uh, something to the extent of, uh, no cell phone. Like you're not allowed to be on your cell phone while you're in line. I almost felt like I was in high school again. Uh, I get it, but it it was weird. We went in there, and I'm thinking, man, what is this place? And uh, we loved it, man. That was like one of our favorite places to go. Uh, kind of one of those don't judge a book by its cover, yeah, thing. But uh, uh, people around here are proud of their barbecue, man. Yeah, it's it's I look, it's it's the best. These East North Carolina, but that's a whole other topic. But man, that's I, I'll agree with you on that. You guys have the best barbecue there is. In fact, I just made some not long ago. I I contacted uh, Jonathan. Uh, Phillips, I said, bro, you got to hook me up, and he did. A couple, that's about a month ago, hooked me up with a sweet recipe for, uh, and it was good. Turned out awesome. Probably not as good as his, but, but it was good. Um, okay, so so you go to you go to Hall Branch, you preach in a tent. Hall Branch, Chocolate is not very big. No, um, you take you take this this church, and I and I'm not certain what they were running when you got there, um, but 
you take this church, you grow, you grow them to 500 people, something like that. Is that right? Is that accurate? Uh, it was, we, we were, uh, over 400 at one okay. time. Um, but the town size was not, how big was, how big is Chacoinity? Uh, Chacoinity, we were described by CDF when they funded our building back years ago. Um, they said we were a church of 400 in a community of 700 people. And which is incredible. Yeah. God bless us, man. I, I came into a good situation. It was a good group of people eager to do things, serve the Lord. They were already doing great things. The preacher who was there before me um, was a guy in this area. His name's Kent Gerganis, who would go around and he worked a full-time job. And then he would go into churches and help get them healthy so that they could come to the point where they could hire a full-time preacher and help them grow. And he did that. Uh, he, he started the growth process at Hall Branch because my understanding was before Kent came, the church was around 50 people. Um, and Kent came in, loved those people, loved the community, did a great job, and they more than doubled in attendance. And when I got there, I want to say there were about 120. Uh, when I got there, uh, people who were eager and ready to do something. And he was, he was great at, uh, he was a good teacher. He was good at discipling people and motivating them very uh, doctrinally sound. And so I was the first full-time preacher that Hall Branch had ever hired. And they started in 1879. So my understanding was, as far as the people that were there and the old timers, I was the first full-time minister they ever had. And they hired a 28-year-old. Cool thing is they hired me to reach younger people. They were like, we want to get some younger families and do this. And we feel like we need a younger preacher. So I came in at age 28. And the first person I baptized was a 74-year-old man. Awesome. Yeah, that was cool to me. Yeah, that's awesome. I was like, man. Cause I preached there for a while before we had our first baptism, to be honest, like four or five months, you know, and I'm thinking, what's going on here, man. I'm preaching my heart out. People yeah. are like, oh, what's, what's going on. And, uh, <clears throat> then I had a chance. I had a 90 year old man introduce me to the 74 year old man and had a chance to disciple him and all this. And he was the first one I baptized there. Did he say he wanted to introduce you to this, this young whippersnapper? Yeah. Right. That's what I was to him, to a lot of them, but they love me, man. They love me. Yeah. Too. Yeah, fantastic. That's, that's incredible. That's, um, you know, and then, and so then, so you're at, you're at Hall Branch, you're there for X amount of years and you get this call. And I know you've told me this story a lot, um, but for, for people listening, um, you get this call to go to Eastern Pines or to, to consider going to Eastern Pines. And you'd already been called by different places uh, to go preach at at maybe um, even places that, are more promising obviously than, than where you're at now, or at least at the time they were. Uh, and tell me how you ended up at Eastern Pine. Well, Eastern Pine, I wasn't really looking to leave Hall Branch. I feel like I could have stayed there for 35 years. Um, but I left after being there nine years. And the way it came about is, um, you know, we, we had grown at Hall Branch, and we were kind of a we, – we were strong church. We had good leadership. At that time, we had um, we had a school with staff and, and all that, and then we had uh, myself. Uh, some of you listened to know a guy by the name of Bobby Wallace. Bobby Wallace was on staff with us, and Jason Kirkman. Yeah. And uh, we, would, we would go out and help some of these struggling churches in the area and provide preaching for them. We would just say, Hey, if y'all need any help, if y'all need somebody to preach for you, help you out, we want to come alongside of you. We didn't go in with the idea. We want to take over or do anything like that. We'll come alongside of you. We'll help you out, get back on your feet until you can get going again. And so I had actually contacted Eastern Pines cause I knew people there um, to see if they needed any help. And through that process, we did send one of our elders came over and preached, uh, one time I came over and preached a time or two, let Jason and Bobby uh, fill the pulpit at Hall Branch. But through that process, I, um, I ended up, um, I don't know, so God put something on my heart. And I asked one of the elders, uh, 
I said, what would you think about me coming over and being your preacher? And they were hurting. You know, the church was only about 25, 30 people. Um, and so, yeah, I had opportunities at that time to go other places. Um, and, but God put it upon my heart, something about here, man. And uh, one of the best decisions I ever made, I believe. I, I love it here. I love the people here. Um, they've stood beside me in the good times and they've stood beside me just as strong, if not even stronger during bad times in my life. So awesome. Yeah, no, it's a great church. I've had the uh, privilege to be there um, multiple times and uh, just a, just a great church, man. You're doing some awesome things there. I got a couple questions for you really quickly. Um, Just uh, give me your, the, and this may be, some of these may be hard to answer because you're just now hearing these, but what is, what is the most, like the, the, probably the most fun moments you've had in your ministry and all, in all your ministry, what is one of the most fun moments that you've ever had in your ministry in X amount of years that you've been doing ministry? Fun moments, man, that's, that's a tough one right there because I've, I have fun. I try to have fun every day of my so life. Say you, you're kind of fueled by fun. Yeah, I like fun, man. I, I, I learned that from uh, from my youth minister, and then I worked under him. And he taught me, especially I, I remember being in high school and him my, being my youth minister, minister that, hey, man, it's, it's okay to be a Christian and have fun. It's okay to laugh and to have a good time and to enjoy life. And so I try to enjoy life and have, uh, have fun all the time, man. But I'm trying to think most fun, man. I've, I've had so many good times, Mike. That, that's tough. It's a pretty broad um, question. Yeah. I mean, I, I've had a blast. One of the, one of the funnest things here at Eastern Pines, you know, I went, uh, I, I had a chance to ride to Missouri on my motorcycle with, uh, with six guys, man, had, uh, some of my elders on there and, uh, Dean just guy, man, we, we laughed. You know how it is when you get away with some guys, man. Different yeah. stuff takes place. Takes place, but we still yeah. talk about that trip. And uh, some of the guys aren't with us anymore, as far as passed on, went to be with the Lord, and we still hold on to those memories and those times. Of that um, try to think of just funny stuff. That's all kinds of funny stuff <laughs> all the time, man. Uh, I feel like I could, we could take this podcast for like two hours at least. I could tell story after story. You know that about different stuff that's, uh, that's taking place. Some of them are the, some of them are the best. I mean, I could just talk about some of the, um, some of the things that even, even you and I have just, uh, I, I, uh, do you remember the time that we were in my garage in Indiana and, uh, I th- we you about jumped out of your skin because you saw something running around in my in my garage. Uh, do you remember that we were grabbing like uh, the only thing we had was my son had these like rakes and like hoe yeah, and a shovel. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. Because it was a big. It was. I thought it was a wolf. <laughs> and it was a wolf. It was a wolf. It was a wolf rat. He had rats in my garage that were big, man. They were big as dachshunds. You know, I don't know about if it's that big. Big as a dachshund, a full size <laughs> And they're running all around in there. That dude's inviting me in his garage to kind of hang out, have fun. So this is kind of, you know, he said, I don't have a man cave per se, but this is where I come to get away and kind of my place. So I was like, yeah, that's cool, man. And we were out there and then all these dachshunds started running around. <laughs> I think it was just one. And I'm not, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I remember that. I was yeah, man. It was, uh, I think we both just about jumped out of our skin on that one. That was uh that one was pretty crazy. Um, gosh, I don't know. I tried, I took, I remember taking you and Dave uh, McCants to get skyline before you guys flew back. Uh, yeah. That was Dave said that was the worst mistake he'd ever done in his life. Yeah. Dave didn't like skyline. I'm going to go on a record. I like skyline chill. I respect it. I respect different. I respect people's, um, um, you know, their, their opinion on stuff, but people that talk about, oh, I hate this. That's the same thing if somebody came here to Eastern North Carolina and started dogging our barbecue. So I don't dog people's local food. I may say, you know, I didn't really like it or whatever, but I, I kind of, I like Skyline Chill. Um, so if I go come back there, you can take me to Skyline. Or oh, for sure. For sure. Or whatever. There, but yeah, Dave, Dave had a stomachache on the, um, on the plane trip. 
You know, it's, it's, uh, do you remember when we had the, um, last, I think it was two, two years ago, I came and spoke for you and, uh, you took me to a place called Parker's down there, which was pretty good. Um, but that, that wasn't the place that you wanted to take me. And, uh, I didn't know the, the people who, um, ran the Parker's there actually went to your church. No, they go to uh, Christ church. Okay. But they were there that Sunday, right? Or, um, yeah, they're related. The people, there's a relation in the fact that a couple here, older couple here, their daughter married into that family, married okay. the son of the owners. And the owners go to Christ Church of Greenville, which is one of our churches, the New Testament Christian Church. Well, it's just funny because I, I think it's because I got up there and I had said that DJ said it wasn't uh, his favorite. I think it was something similar to that. Yeah, yeah. No, and no. Uh, I didn't know that they were there. I oh, mean, that was one of those insert foot in mouth moments. No, it's fine. Uh, I remember there because they make their coleslaw with mustard. It was different for sure. Looked like yeah. potato salad. Right. You said, "Hey, man, this is pretty cool," but they uh, they gave me potato salad That's, instead of coleslaw. I want a coleslaw. I said, "You got coleslaw?" You said, "No, I didn't. I got potato salad." <laughs> That's what it looked like was potatoes out. Dude, that's what you said, dude. That's potatoes out. Uh, I don't. I don't really know. I've, I've never seen coleslaw like that before in my life. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. I've seen it chopped real fine like that, but it's it's white usually. They have big sweaty women in the back that put their hand all the way like <laughs> the, uh, armpit. And that's not true. That can't be true. That's what gives it the flavor, man. I mean, it's good, but I, you know, I don't, I don't really like to watch people make my food. Cause then I start making judgments and yeah, Jesus tells me love everybody, but I don't have to love everybody's food. You know what I mean? Right. So, uh, but here in Indiana, we coleslaw with a fork. You, 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 you stab it. It's long strips and it's, it's yellow. It's not yellow. It's white and has maybe a little bit of purple and orange in it. I respect that. I mean, I, but it, it was good. It tasted all right. It's just different. I wasn't used to yeah. So, but yeah, okay. So, uh, so I would say oh, your whole ministry the funniest thing. Or some things I can't talk about. Well, that's true. I mean, and that's okay because. Yeah. But you might be able to think of that. But let me. Okay, so let me ask you this one. This one might be an easier, easier one to answer. What is the hardest part about being in ministry? Uh, the hardest part, man, is you know, we joke around a lot and say ministry would be easy if it wasn't for the people. Um, <laughs> but no, the, um, and that's not necessarily true. <clears throat> the hardest part for me is what I said, but you know, I, you preach and you preach and you preach, man. And you just want people to, I guess, sometimes be where you are to be on the same page that you're on. And sometimes that's tough when people aren't moving the way that you know they can and they should. And then, um, and then it's tough, you know, being you all the time. You know, I came to a realization one time, man, I just got to be me. You know, I got to be, this is who I am. I'm not here to impress such and such or this person, this person, this is who I am. And that's how God created me. And I'm not talking about doing something going against his word, but be who, being who you are sometimes is, um, is tough and opening up and letting people really see who you are being real and authentic and being vulnerable because you don't, you don't want people to see that side of you, but at the same time, I think that's good. I don't know if I'm making sense, but no, I mean, so, so essentially kind of what you're saying is that it's actually kind of key to how you grow and how you flourish when you're being real and authentic because people, can, people won't, won't jump on the, on the bandwagon until they know it's you and not, somebody you're else you're, you know, you're trying to be or whatever. Right. So, yeah. yeah so, 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 <clears throat> all right. So you've been doing, so tell, tell me one more time. How, how many years again? Uh, I've, I've been to Eastern Pines for 11 years. I mean, total ministry, total ministry. Um, man, I guess starting it's the first, first job you started first youth ministry job you started. First youth ministry job I started. Like, like when you first started in ministry. Then uh, it would be uh, 30 years. Because I was a youth minister age 19 in um, Virginia Beach, Virginia. The east side 
Christian church. So 30 years, 30 years you've been doing this and has there ever been, and I'm sure there has been, but to this day, can is there a moment where you look back and you go, man, I wish I would have done it differently this way or, or I wouldn't change anything about the way that I did it, the way that I got here. <clears throat> yeah, man. I, you know, I talked about, I would get my MD. There's been times where I thought, well, maybe what if I'd have done this? What if I'd have done that? What if I'd have gone here um, to, to this church or to this church or, or done this man, but you know, you can't do that. There's a re you know, we hear all the time. There's a read, but I've, I, w- I wouldn't take any of it back, man. I've learned so much at all the places I've, I've uh, been. I built relationships and those people I'd have never met if I wouldn't have gone there. And um, overall I've had good ministries, you know, I, as far as I hear these horror stories about people, have I had arguments? Have I had different disagreements, you know, and things and dealing with stuff, trying to push people here and dealing with opinions and, you know, all the stuff that we as ministers deal with. Uh, but as far as just having a, a bad, horrible experience, I haven't had that. And so I look back at all of my ministries, man, and I've got, I've, I've got nothing but good memories uh, of all of it. Um, you know, just here recently, uh, <clears throat> today, as a matter of fact, um, one of the guys who I served with at uh, the Midway Church, he was an elder, and he he passed on. I just found out that he, that he died, and he was like a grandfather to my to my daughter, especially. And we were over their house all the time, and real close to him. And that just brought back a flood of of memories because there's been times where Dee and I talked. Um, you know, maybe I should have never left West Virginia because I like West Virginia. That's hard for me to say with this prosthetic. Can you tell Virginia? I I like it. Yeah, but little little, little Chuck Daddy. Yeah, you're good. But I like, you know, because, man, I, I um, you know, I had good mentors and all that stuff there. I was probably protected a whole lot more in ministry there because I was an associate. So I didn't take the brunt of what a lot of guys take. So, yeah, as a lead guy. But anyway, yeah, no regrets, man. Uh, uh, it doesn't do any good to have those regrets, I don't think, anyway. But everything, man, that I've had been good to me. Has all led to, to where you're at right now. Right. You know, um, I was at a point for sure where I wasn't really certain where I wanted to, just personally, where I wanted to know or what I wanted to do um, after high school. I had no idea, to be honest with you. Um, and I know that you had a big role in that because I saw, hey, man, there's this guy up here who, um, and it wasn't like it was uh, any disrespect to people that I'd heard before, you know, I grew up in church. I grew up going to revivals and hearing guys preach, you know, Ray Bennett's and, and all these guys, man, I, I grew up listening to the, the Ray Merritt's and, uh, I don't know, all, all these different, all these different names, Ed Bowsman, people like that. I hear all these, I hear all these guys. Right. Um, but it never really was that appealing to me. Um, and to be honest with you, that was my life kind of, kind of a lot like yours is man. Mine was, uh, church, family, school, baseball. I mean, I played sports, uh, maybe a little bit of basketball, but baseball was my primary sport. And, and I did all those things and I wasn't really sure. Like, I wasn't sure that church was something that I really wanted to be a part. I mean, that's what I lived. And so I was like, man, I need a break. Like I just need a, I need a break from this or whatever. And then, uh, it wasn't until I saw guys like you who was like, man, this can be, this doesn't, it doesn't have to be like that. It can be done this way. You can have fun, man. And you can, you can make sense and you can uh, be applicable and practical and, and all those different things. Uh, And so it made me really curious, like, okay, I had to sit down and think to myself, Micah, what have you done your whole life? Well, cause I, I wasn't even sure what I was good at, man. I was like, I, I don't know if I'm good at anything, you know, maybe, you know, and, uh, I said, what have you done your whole life? And, and ministry was that thing I kept coming back to My dad was an elder in the church. He worked with youth, my mom, obviously my, my grandfather, all, all these things. And, um, I got to a point where I was like, man, I, I seen guys like, like DJ and guys like Mark Fugate and people like that who I'd hear preach. And I'm going, 
wow, man, this is awesome. I love it. I really enjoyed myself. And it wasn't to say that I didn't enjoy those other guys. I just related to you guys better. And that played a huge role. And, uh, and then, of course, when I got to meet you, I, I, there's difference uh, in ministry. And I think you would probably agree with this. Sometimes people get weird around other people in ministry. And I don't know why that is. Even people that are, like don't do church, like, like when uh, we're with friends that maybe we, we you know, don't know real well or whatever, and they know that I work in a church, they get real awkward around me. Um, like, like, you know, and, and then they ask me to pray. Like if we go out to eat, like, hey, you're the preacher, so you have to pray, right, or, or whatever. And, and pe- people get that way. And even, even ministers, like when you're hanging out, and you know this, when you're hanging out with other guys, um, some guys, you just, you can't, it's almost like you can't be yourself. And, uh, and I'll never forget, like, that's one of the reasons why uh, I was uh, talking with Mark Fugate one time. And Mark said, me and DJ, we really clicked because uh, we, we just could be ourselves around each other. Um, and um, I really appreciated about that because that, that was a huge role, a huge factor. And, and then, and then DJ just really uh, kind of took me under his wing and invested in me this guy man he um he's down in north carolina he flies up or drives up to uh drives up to my wedding comes to my wedding uh just for for a night uh which was incredible and brought dd with him which was awesome uh really special to me and my wife you know and when, when i went through some stuff he him and dd were there um man he's given me opportunities to preach um almost all of the ones that I've traveled far to man DJ had a hand in that um and I I'm like man I gotta take this guy and I gotta like almost like a present like here take it take take this and and see what you can do with this because this guy is fantastic and so um even he's even come and spoke at events for me um that he might have felt a little uncomfortable with like uh, cause everybody was wearing skinny, skinny jeans yeah. at an event. And, uh, he got real weird about that, but he still did it, <laughs> which, which was incredible. But I say all these things, um, to tell everybody listening, um, that that played a huge role in, in me becoming a part of, uh, the ministry. That was, a, I mean, obviously I had, like I said, factors with family growing up and stuff like that, but, but. DJ played a huge part in that. And so I say all that DJ to ask you this. Um, if there is somebody who like has considered ministry or maybe thought about ministry, but never really kind of did that, you know, that push, um, what would be your advice for somebody who says, you know what, I'm, I'm I, I would think about doing ministry, but um, what, what's some advice you would give somebody who's kind of on the edge there? Yeah. I would, uh, I would say, why wouldn't you? Um, I remember Carrie Allen taught us one time about the glory in preaching. It's not about, it's not about that, but he talked about the company that we're in, man. You ever think about the company that we're in? When Jesus sent out his disciples, he sent them out as preachers. Um, when John the baptizer came, what did he come as? He came as a preacher. And Jesus himself said, I must go and preach for this is what I've come for. And so Jesus came to this earth as a preacher. And that's the company that we're in, man, the glory of preaching. And there's no other way by which people can hear the gospel and, and to be saved except by the foolishness of preaching, as it tells us in the book of Corinthians. And so I would encourage them in that way. Say, hey, man, you know, if whatever's holding you back, here's the company that you're in. Here's the cool thing. But I would, um, I would say, you know, why not? You know, just get in there and do it. Start, start by teaching something, you know, teach, teaching the youth or teaching uh, a small group or doing something of that sort and get your feet wet in that way to see if, uh, if this, is, this is where God is taking you. And not everybody's called to do it, man. And uh, because you got to have, you got to have alligator skin. You've got to, uh, you got to have uh, some motivation about you. You got to have, you know, there's all all kinds of different um, different characteristics that you probably need to possess or be able to develop uh, to make it through in the in the preaching ministry. But man, we need preachers. So if there's any guys out there that are on the verge, one thing is we need them, man, and we need strong gospel, Bible believing 
Christians. Oh boy, that makes me want to kick something. But yeah, uh, nice. yeah, but we did. We we need wild hog eat. Yeah, and <laughs> you know, and and I wouldn't push anybody in the ministry who, yeah, I I, I you know the old it sounds like cliche, but really pray about it. Yeah. You know, read God's word, meditate, be still, and listen to what God is telling you through his word, through circumstances, through other godly people, and listen. And, and God will show you if this is where he really wants you to go. So I don't want to be the one to, like, push somebody into, you need to do this. For sure. And, uh, but, you know, I, I would encourage ones to at least pursue that, to see if this is where God is calling them or what they need to do, because we need preachers. I don't well, know if I'm and so I talked all around there a lot. No, it, I think it's I think it's one of those things where it's kind of like people who, uh, like here, we'll have people come and they'll say, "Hey, you know, we want to be in the band. We we love music, and and you know, we 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 love that you love music. That's fantastic. Um, but you're going to need to play for us a little bit first before, uh, because some people we believe that everybody has a specific uh, spot and definitely needs to be in a certain area, but. Um, you know, don't just jump on somewhere because, you know, you feel like that's where you need to be. I think, I think that's good advice, man. Pray about it. And, um, I think God can use you in all different kinds of places. And, you know, just because you're not on a stage preaching doesn't mean that God can't use you to be just as effective, you know, in the parking lot. So, uh, but, but, but yeah, we definitely need guys who will step up and, uh, and we'll do it. And, uh, I think that's, I think that's great advice. Um, one of these days, it may happen. It may not. But uh, I've always told DJ that we're going to work at a church together one day. Um, I don't know, man. DJ's getting older. He's losing teeth and stuff like that. Yeah, it's going to have to happen soon because I'm on the verge of, <laughs> I'm on the of glory land. You got you to gotta go as long as my grandfather did. I'm going to try, man. I'm going to go as long as I possibly can. But I'm getting old. I hurt. Um, that's why I, I do it. I just sit, I sit down a lot now. I, get I wish that I had Didi on here right now because I would ask Didi a que- I would ask Didi that exact same question about ministry, about jumping into ministry and what she would say her advice would be because um, the minister's wife role is maybe it's it's just as challenging, maybe not if if not more challenging uh, to be in the position that she's at because she you know, and my wife the same way is in a position where, you know, you're the supporter, but at the same time, you know, you're also dealing with stuff yourself. Yeah. If it wasn't for my wife, man, I wouldn't be a minister. I might've been fired three or four times, but they're like, you think Didi will go with him? So then. (laughs) So they wanted to, so they wanted to keep you because of Didi. My teeth are falling out right now. You're speaking of teeth. That's incredible. I like it. Really quickly, um, Virginia, what are they going to do this year? DJ's a UVA fan. Uh, what are they doing in the tournament? Um, uh, Virginia is very inconsistent this year. They've lost three in a row, man. Uh, lost to Florida State, lost to Duke, and then lost to NC State last night. So I don't know what's going on. They're, they're known for their defense, and their defense, these guys aren't buying into Tony's uh, philosophy for some reason consistently. So – Something's got to give, man. They got to buy into Tony's defense and start playing the uh, pack line, or they aren't going to win it because they're not. You know, he doesn't recruit uh, guys that are going to run up and down the floor and score ninety-five points a game. You know, that's just not the thing. So, I'm a little concerned about him. Um, Dave is a Virginia fan. Dave McCants, preacher Two Rivers Church in Newburn, uh, good friend of mine. He's I don't know a- that I knew that. Yeah, Dave's a big Virginia UVA fan. Maybe I did. I don't know. And he said he sent last night and said they're not going to make the tournament. I don't believe that. I think they'll make the tournament. They won't be. They were going to be about a three seed. They probably are going to be more like I would say. I just hope we're not that five twelve seed, um, which is that's Dangerous. that's like a curse. Um, but. Hope maybe they're a six or seven and make a little run in the tournament. I think they're capable of it. They've shown glimpses of greatness, but they, um, I, I don't think they're, I don't know, man. I, I don't want to, I don't want to say, you know, you don't want to downplay your team. Do I want, do I say they're going to, when I write my bracket out, who am I going to put that's going to win it if they're in there? I'm going to put UVA is going to win. It. Right. 
That's just what you do. That's what you have to do. If you're a real fan, that, don't you? if you're a real fan, that's what you do on one bracket. Then you pull out, <laughs> pull out a real bracket. <laughs> but so you have that one in case they they pull it out. Yeah, you kind of feel like you're stabbing your team in the back when you when you don't. You know what I right. mean? So um, Indiana lost last night. Uh, we're just a train wreck. So um, this is a team that I thought was gonna. I thought was going to have a good year. They did start out good. Um, you know, and then, I, thought Virginia, I thought Virginia was going to be like unstoppable this year. That's why I'm kind of a little bit disappointed because I thought last year they did really well by losing 75% of their offense and then, <laughs> then were playing strong towards the end of the year. And then COVID hit. Because I was like, I told everybody they're winning the ACC tournament and they're going to win the national title again last, this next year. I thought last year, the way they were playing, I was like, they got their defense was down. They were playing uh, very cohesively. Is that a word? As a team? Yeah. And, but then I was like, man, we've got these guys redshirted. We got a, 20, a 2020 class coming in like none other. You know, it was a top class uh, in the nation. And I was like, this is it. So it wasn't. So I had high hope, you know, my expectations last year were lower and they over exceeded those expectations. This year, my expectations were higher and they've gone below those expectations. They They can't win with me. You know, this is becoming a, this is becoming a every year thing for me, whether it's, whether it's baseball, football, college basketball, um, my team, I, I'm almost to the point now where I don't think my teams are ever going to win again. So in my lifetime. So um, at least you got, you know, Virginia and, yeah. you know, so Indiana. Yeah, Indiana. still reigning national champs. We're the last team. To well, win. yeah, but, well. Yes. I mean, that's a true state. You also, you also don't, you also, you know, we're the first team to lose to a 16 seed, you know. The year yeah. before then, that. then the very next year one <laughs> <laughs> right i'll take that and it, i'll take that for a championship for a championship yes i'll take that because it makes a beautiful story i think it was hard to be your friend there for a while when they lost to the 16 seed because uh you were super bitter there for a while uh the, that year that they lost to a 16 i knew it was going to happen and umbc was more of a 13 seed t- seeded team yeah and they did that stuff they they always go against my teams i see it there's a conspiracy <laughs> that's out there and I, I mean i can see it every time they didn't well, know they all the sport even uh what's his name that um gosh man uh uh i can't think of his name i think it starts with C. he's espn guy he talked about how tony bennett's uh he's ruining college basketball with the way that they're playing. Everybody talked about how boring it was. They always dog Virginia style and, oh, it's so all this. So they did not want them to win. They loved it when they uh, lost. And that's why I loved it when they won. That's why I loved every bit of it. We kind of feel the same way in Indiana, right? I mean, people are always dogging Indiana and always talking down to them, ESPN, all this stuff. And and then this year, you know, here we go. The whole, because of COVID, um, everything's going to be in Indiana. Tournament, the whole nine, uh, we're not even going to make it. So how sad is that, that, you know, your whole state gets to host the entire national tournament and uh, we're not even in it. So going to have to take a big turnaround. I don't know. It's hard to be a Hoosier fan right now. Listen, hey, thanks for hopping on here. Um, I feel like we could do this. Like we could make this thing happen more often than, than once. We could probably get into some some crazy conversations um, yeah, on here. I think the funniest thing ever, probably that nursing home. I forgot about the nursing home when that lady got naked. But anyway, um, <laughs> we can talk about that later. You can ask me that question again. I'll tell that story. I would, lo- I would love to hear that story. Um, I'm going to try to get some guys on here, some of your guys. I'm going to try to get uh, Dave McCants and some of these guys to hop on here. And uh, who knows what we'll talk about. But uh, good stuff. Thanks so much for uh, hanging out with me, taking some time today away from your schedule and everything, man. Appreciate you. Uh, Love you like a brother. And uh, thanks for hopping on, bro. Bye, man.
Thank you, man. All right, man. We'll see you. This has been a Behind the Mic podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you check us out next week. And remember, we're always striving to love God, love others, and serve both.